go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Monday. Eagles are three and zero. There's only two undefeated teams in the NFC, and they're both in the same division. And there may only be one come after tonight, um, Giants Cowboys. But we're not going to talk about that today because it is a victory Monday, and the Eagles are three and zero. Tone, how you feeling? I feel great, Jeff. If I'm being completely transparent with you, I know it's early. It's seven o'clock. Uh, on the East Coast, it might be 6 o'clock or 5 o'clock uh, elsewhere. But, man, it's winning time for the Philadelphia Eagles. And, you know, you think about that game last night, the way it went from beginning to end. That game pretty much – and I might be jumping a gun here, but that game symbolized Carson Wentz's career in a nutshell. Oh, it did. Oh, it definitely did. Uh, first off, Carson Wentz held on to the ball too long, fumbled twice. 69 times in 88 career games. I, I know I keep track of that stuff because I'm insane. <laughs> but, but overall, I guess I'm not surprised over the end result because to me, I thought the Eagles were the better team. I thought yeah. Washington had enough issues where the Eagles should take care of business. And to the Eagles' credit, they took an early lead on them. And did they take their full at the gas? I, I don't think they did defensively. And they just – I only want to say they held on. They – they basically cruised from start to finish. Yeah, you know, they started off the game pretty slow. The first couple of drives kind of went flat. Uh, I, I believe the offense was trying to adjust to what Washington was throwing at them. Uh, Washington started off fast on defense. You know, they were flying to the ball. I'll give them credit for that. Uh, their DBs were flying to the ball pretty early. But then at some point, the cream rises to the top and talent starts to shine through. And, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles – they were pretty much lights out once that second quarter began. They scored all their points in the second quarter, 24 points. Jalen Hurts completed 63% of his passes, going 22 for 35, 340 passing yards, averaging almost 10 yards an attempt, three passing touchdowns, 123 quarterback rating. I mean, he was he was spectacular once again. And, you know, we're not going to see those 83, 82% games all the time like we saw last week, you know, so I think fans should just, you know, get used to not seeing that. But what you want to see is you want to see him be able to respond to various situations. Uh, you want to see him win in different scenarios. Uh, so this was, a, an, again, a different, a different type of win compared to week two and week one. We're starting not to be amazed by what Jalen Hurts does anymore. It's starting to become the norm. He is the first player in NFL history to average three-hour passing yards per game and average 50 rushing yards per game through his first three starts. Jalen Hurts is starting to look like easily a top-10 quarterback. But if we're judging him through three weeks, Stone, he's top five. He's an MVP candidate right now. 
Yeah, you know what? I think he's what third or second in the MVP race right now. Uh, he probably he probably jumped. Yeah, I would say he's behind Lamar. Okay, yeah, I think he jumped Josh Allen after you know the Bills blew it against the the Dolphins and you know the Chiefs somehow lost to the Colts. I think. I think he jumped those guys as of right now, but you know that kind of stuff is like a, a constant slider. It changes all the time. But well, overall, though, you 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 have, you have to be pleased with the way Jalen Hurts is playing right now. Um, he's improved in every facet of his game. You see it the the, the decision making, the poise, and again, like you said, we're not. It's going to get to a point where we're going to stop being amazed by what he does. It's going to now we're going to focus strictly on winning and how far can he actually take this team. That's the thing, Tony. To me. When I was watching that game yesterday, I think what impressed me was I don't think the Eagles' offensive line had a great job in run in run block, right? I don't yeah. think they created enough holes in the A and B gap, and maybe that's because of the Dickerson injury. Maybe not because Opeda did play a little bit yesterday. But to me, what impressed me more was Jalen Hurts just said, "You know what? All right, Smitty, go get the ball. I'm going to throw it to you. I trust you." AJ Brown, same thing. Dallas Goddard was in and out of the game, obviously. Uh, he eventually came back in. But what Devonta Smith was able to do yesterday, it makes it laughable. And it's not like we heard it on here, Tone. I mean, you and I did. But there were people talking about Devonta Smith isn't happy because he ain't going to get his after week one. And, like, he's going to get his way out of here come contract time. I'm like, you guys sound so insane right now. Well, guess what? Devonta Smith is, I think he's 11th in the NFL in receiving yards, and he didn't have a catch the first week. And yesterday was Devonta Smith proving he's the number one wide receiver and then more. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, Devonta Smith, you know, last year people thought he could be a, uh, a number one wide receiver. I mean, leading the team in receiving yards last year, leading them in receptions. And I and I think he was tied for receiving touchdowns with Dallas Goddard. Um, but, you know, Devonta Smith, Eight catches, 169 yards, averaging 21 yards, a catch, one touchdown. Longest catch of the day was 45 yards, had 12 targets. A.J. Brown, five catches, 85 yards, averaging 17 yards a catch, one touchdown. Longest catch of the day was 38 yards on 10 targets. Those two guys were the – they were the passing game last uh, – they were the passing game yesterday, and that's what you pay for. You know, um, there's something to be said about the Devontae Smith situation in terms of just being able to afford all these guys because – there's going to come a time where Devontae is going to, you know, need his money. And if he keeps this kind of play up, it's going to be really hard to pay all those guys. I understand the cap is going up. You're still going to have to find a way to pay Jalen Hurts if you decide to commit to him long term. Um, at this point, I don't see why not. But you want to continue to see him grow uh, against, you know, stronger opponents. But, you know, this offense was locked in in the second quarter. Like, that, that's the most and that's the most fascinating thing about this offense, right? They seem flat. And all of a sudden, they just pop and drop 24 on you in one quarter. This is like the second or third week in a row where they've dropped like more than 17 points in a quarter. It's it's it's, it's pretty remarkable. I'll, I'll correct you on that. So this is the third consecutive game they scored 24 points in a quarter. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much for like that. That's even more impressive, right? That's just that that just speaks to just how explosive this team is. Yeah. And well, here's the thing with me and, this, and, and, and the Eagles. It's they score 21. I, I'm sorry, John. I got to correct myself. 24 points in each half. I have my notes here. So, 24 points in each half in, in the first half. That's third consecutive week they've done that. Third consecutive week they've had 400 total, 400 plus total yards. They're one of the most wow. explosive offenses in the league. And you're right. It, it just seems like they feel it out for a possession or two and give credit to Shane Steichen, give credit to Jalen Hurts. The Eagles just 
go into video game mode. All of a sudden, it's like, okay, we got AJ Brown, we got Devonta Smith, let's do this thing. And you know, last week it was Jalen Hurts, the first week it was AJ Brown, this week it was Devonta Smith. I I think teams look at okay, who do we stop next week? It may be Miles Sanders. I mean, they got I we could talk about Jacksonville all week. That Jacksonville's got really good defense, but overall, it it just feels like the Eagles to me. They're that team that they can turn in the long whenever they can, and they built such a big lead that it doesn't matter what they do in the second half because I just did not feel the way that defense played yesterday and the way that defense was getting the Carson Wentz, that Washington offense was not scoring 24 points after halftime. Yeah, you know, that offense was being harassed left and right, in particular Carson Wentz and you know, Carson Wentz, like I mentioned, this game was a microcosm of just how his career has been going. He was sacked nine times. Let's put that in perspective. TJ Edwards got in on the sack party with one sack. Brandon Graham got in on the sack party with two and a half sacks. And we're going to talk about him, man. Brandon Graham torn, torn, torn Achilles wear. Torn, you know, he's 34 yeah. years old. Oh, I, I, I don't over see the hill, Him and Fletch, they're over the hill. Oh, man. And and, and look, again, this was a really bad Washington offensive line. You know, let's really, you know, put it into perspective. Um, Really bad, really bad Washington offensive line. But but they were productive. And that's what you're supposed to do when you're the superior, um, when you're superior, when you're the superior line. So, yeah, TJ Edwards, one sack. Brandon Graham, two and a half sacks. Hassan Reddick, one and a half sacks. Fletcher Cox, one and a half. Josh Sweat, one and a half. Javon Hargrave, one and a half. Well, one. One sack for Javon Hargrave. Um. You know what's so good about it as well, Hassan Reddick. We 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 finally saw an Hassan Reddick sighting. You know what I mean? I think he I think he forced the fumble as well, but we didn't recover that one. Uh, and then BG forced the fumble, and that's the one we got. So the defensive line is getting more confident. Um, they seem faster. Uh, they're explosive. We had a lot of quarterback hits, a lot of pass deflections. Um, all that defensive line with Jordan Davis and um, Brandon Graham. So this defensive line is getting active and. You know, it's exciting to see this defense actually starting to hit their stride because we knew we had a lot of questions about John McGann and, and whether his scheme um, was being deployed properly, with, you know, with this personnel. 16 pressures, six hurries, 17 quarterback hits, nine sacks on Carson Wentz yesterday. It, and he didn't rush anybody. Like, he just sent the front four. He just pressured the, the front four. And that just shows you how deep the Eagles defensive line is. Anybody who was anybody – was able to get the Carson Wentz on Sunday. And to me, that felt like a Carson Wentz Eagles game when he played with the Eagles. <laughs> and was he held on to the ball too long, Tone. He made some questionable decisions. And I, I remember my dad texting me. Uh, I think it was the third quarter. He goes, no, there it is. There's the face, Jeff. There's the face. And my dad put <laughs> in that Carson Wentz face where he's looking like in disgust and then you know, he makes a big play and, you know, look at me, look at me. I'm Carson Wentz. Look at me. And I I can see why that guy had issues in a locker room. I, I really could. It, it just feels like it's not that he would blame his teammates, but it just felt he just feels like that guy. He always has to let you know when he's doing well, even when he's not. And to me, that just bothers me because the whole offensive line in Washington, they were bad. Yesterday. Charles Lowe and Sam Cosme aren't, aren't bad tackles, but – with no chase rule there at center, they were down to their third string center, and the Eagles just bullied them. They, I mean, they took their lunch money and they took the lunch box. Yeah, I'm just glad Carson Wentz was playing for the other team this time, man, because you know his play was giving me nightmares. Just 
or giving me flashbacks. You know, I still have PTSD after dealing with Carson Wentz, you know, as, and, you know, in his final years as the Eagles quarterback. Now, I want to give him credit. You know, a lot of people want to pretend like he wasn't instrumental in that Super Bowl. He was. He helped us get the number one seed. Let's just, let's just really be let's really be humble about it. You know, Eagles fans. He helped the Philadelphia Eagles get the number one seed, which allowed the Eagles to have home field advantage going into the playoffs that year and which helped Nick Foles secure the Super Bowl for the Eagles. So, um, you know, he there was a moment where he was the guy. And, you know, Carson Wentz hasn't really been the same since then. There was there's been a steady decline uh, in his decision making and his pocket presence. Uh, just in his overall mechanics, you see a guy who doesn't trust his offensive line. You see a guy who looks at everyone else when something else goes wrong. You see a guy who just doesn't seem to get it. Um, I forgot. I forgot who said it. I, I forgot who said it, but I think it was John McMullen. He says something like, "Carson Wentz, thirty years old. He's not changing." No, he's not. Uh, yeah, he's going to be 30, I think, in November. Oh, no, December. That's right. It's the same birthday as LeBron and Tiger, if I remember correctly. I don't uh, think I, I don't think they're in the same category, Jeff. No, I, I don't think, I don't think they are. <laughs> Two are goats, and one is, well, I, I'm, I'm a bigger Michael Jordan than LeBron fan. But still, you know, you can consider LeBron a goat. I, I can't consider Carson Wentz a goat of anything. Uh, maybe, maybe the goat of fumbles. But... <laughs> Uh, overall, though, Tone, to me, it it just felt like, can we please rest the Jalen Hurts doesn't play anybody talk? Can we please rest that Carson Wentz is better than Jalen Hurts? The Eagles made a bad decision. No, they didn't. Uh, or Howie Roseman looked into Jalen Hurts. No, he didn't. Uh, you know, to me, Jalen Hurts. Well, really is- quick, well, really quickly, Jeff, before you continue, what? I think – at that time when Jalen Hurts was drafted, at that time, not today, but at that specific moment when he got drafted on draft night, I think a lot of Eagles fans were scratching their heads. I think a lot of people were questioning the Harry Roseman's decision-making. Obviously, it pans out, but I feel like a lot of people do have a slight case of revisionist history because I was one of the people that was questioning why were we drafting a quarterback in the second round? I mean, I don't I don't, I don't understand it, but – you know, again, you you can you can get back to your point. I just wanted to you know put that out there because initially that Hurts pick didn't really seem like the best pick, but it panned out in the end. And sometimes you have to be more lucky than good. See, this is my mindset, and this is me putting the GM cap on. If you like that guy enough, you get him, and you didn't have another pick for like fifty picks. Did they reach for him? Maybe, maybe. But I liked what I saw out of him in Lincoln Riley's offense when he actually had the chance to throw the football. I looked at it as, okay, Carson Wentz gets hurt every single year, no right. matter what. And I think they were tired of the whole injury narrative, and they know how important a backup quarterback was. Why is it Gardner Minshew's here? They know how valuable a backup quarterback is to their football team, and they felt Jalen Hurts was going to be the perfect guy to develop for Carson Wentz. And – to be honest, I think the Eagles knew they kind of made a mistake giving Carson Wentz that money. I mean, I knew they, I knew it was a mistake to give him that money when they gave it to him. And I was still kind of, you know, supporting him, right? I just felt like it was a little premature to pay him that kind of money and lock up your franchise and a guy who we still don't know if he can get us over the hump. And I think they were just banking on that 2017 11-game stretch, 12-game stretch where he can kind of replicate that. And he just wasn't the same player physically, you know, 
uh, busted knee, you know, busted back, you know, con <laughs> concussion. You know, he 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 just wasn't the same guy. And it's unfortunate to see a guy fall like that. And now let's be totally frank about this. Jim Ursay is looking like a genius, no matter how crazy he may look or be. Uh, you know what? After Sunday's game with the Colts, I, I was ready to write them as one of my worst teams in the NFL. I, I don't think they are because I think that was an impressive win over two. By the way, can, can I like go side sidetrack here? How how does the AFC South go undefeated against the AFC West? <laughs> Did you I know that? That's, that's that's a good. I I didn't even notice that. Wait, so the Chiefs lost against the Chiefs lost against them. Yeah. And who who else, the who else lost? The Jaguars. Jaguars beat the Chargers. And Jaguars, the Jaguars Raiders. beat the Chargers. Yeah. Yeah, and the Raiders lost to the Titans. Oh <laughs> um, Well, the Raiders beat the Titans. You mean? No, the Raiders what, lost what? to them. Oh no, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. My my apologies. Yeah. Raiders lost to the Titans. Yeah. So the Man. AFC West went 0 and 3 to the AFC South yesterday. <laughs> hey, listen, football listen. best position in NFL history. Well, look. And, and and look, Denver won 11 to 10. They looked terrible. If Jimmy Garoppolo knew where the back of the end zone was, they would have lost. I'll, you, I'll be honest with you. I'm starting to think our lucky stars that Russell Wilson didn't want to come to Philadelphia. He looks like he just. I could have told you that. <laughs> He 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 looks like a shell of himself. He doesn't even run anymore, and that was what made him dynamic, right? His ability to just escape and get out of the pocket and run and keep the keep the opposing defense off guard. He just looks like he's not comfortable out there. He doesn't look like he's comfortable with the head coach. The head coach looks like he barely knows what he's doing. They may have the most inept offense in the NFL right now. Which is say so. I still think Green Bay brought in the Daniel Hack. I'm not Green Bay. Denver brought in the Daniel Hackett to try to get Aaron Rodgers to Green Bay. I mean, to, to Denver. See, I, I keep thinking Green Bay because I'm making the, the Daniel Hackett connection here. But, yeah, I thought they wanted to get Aaron Rodgers, and then they didn't, and then they decided to get Russell Wilson, which is fine. But, look, I love Russell Wilson probably as much as anybody. But I, I just did not like the fact that you would give up this King's ransom to get Russell right. Wilson especially when you're the Eagles because you had a quarterback you had Jalen Hurts you still needed to find out what he had and the guy is one of the few he's like Josh Allen he gets better and better and better every single year everybody hates the Josh Allen comparisons but because Josh Allen's more arm talent and he's a bigger quarterback but Jalen Hurts is, is a rare breed he gets better every year hard work pays off he's a guy that finally has the same coordinator for the first time in consecutive year for the first time since high school. And he's not afraid to admit that the last time he had that was dad in high school. So you're, you're seeing the benefits you're, you're reaping them right now. And it, again, it's only three games, but it does look like you have your franchise quarterback. Yeah. And if you ask me that Detroit lions, when is starting to age, like fine wine, I understand they lost on Sunday to the Vikings. But they gave, but the Vikings barely won that game. Let's be honest. The Vikings the won that game. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The Vikings, the Vikings just don't, you know, you know, let me not make it about the Vikings, the Detroit Lions. They have a very good offense. You know, do they have defensive, you know, questions, you know, maybe um but you know, about, you know, beyond the line of scrimmage? Sure. They're not the most talented overall, but they have they have some nice pieces. You know what I'm saying? And 
the Detroit Lions there, they play tough, they play fast. You know, you're going to, you know, for a fact, whenever you play them, you got to bring your lunch pail because it's going to be a long day. The Detroit Lions, that win is looking like the perfect win. And we caught them at the perfect time. Again, it's it's just it's, this team is taking care of business and it looks so much superior against all teams they face for the most part. And again, this defense is starting to catch their stride. Uh, Jalen Hurts is spreading the ball around, getting the ball, you know, getting it to all his playmakers. This is really exciting, man. But we got we have our guy Mike Gill uh, in the building right now. Um, hey, Jeff, you know, any final words before we go to break? Um, you know what, Tony? I'm just going to piggyback on what you've said here. You know, again, I thought the Lions show won yesterday. They are four for six, they're, they're four for six on four downs, and Dan Campbell decides for once not to go for it and kick a 54-yard field goal with kicker who missed a 48-yard field goal earlier to make it a touchdown game and with minute left, and that did not work. And it set up Minnesota. They won the game. We could talk about that. We could talk plenty more NFL with Mike Gill right after the break. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call.
house. He is every Monday morning here on Good Morning NFC East. And Mike, I gotta ask you, Jalen Hurts grade A plus, A plus plus. His grade is I wish I would have taken him in my fantasy league instead of Justin Herbert. How about that? <laughs> you know what I did yesterday? So I'm in 14 of these, right? I have Devonta Smith in 10 of them. I play them in every single one, and boy, I feel good today. Uh, yesterday, Jalen Hurts gets an A. He was, I mean, he got off to a slow start and battled back from it. I mean, let's be honest. In the beginning, you know, oh, he's one of five. He's, he's kind of struggling a little bit. Brushes it off. Uh, there's so many moments in that game you could talk about where Jalen Hurts really should have won people over if they still were asking questions or critical. He had so many moments in that game. But really, you just mentioned Devonta Smith, the way he played yesterday and how they utilized him and what he brought to the table. I, I mean, that is a scenario that if you are teams moving forward. Now, look, they're going to have a week probably somewhere where their offense stumbles. And they're having some troubles in the second half. What's going on in these second halves where they're not scoring? I mean, 24 points they run out to for two straight weeks, and then they do nothing in the second half. Is that a byproduct of taking the foot off the gas? Are people making the adjustments and the Eagles are struggling with? I don't know. But uh, when you watch when they're clicking, man, defensive coordinators are like, well, who do we take out of the game plan here? Because if we take out Brown, they're going to go to Smith. If we take out Smith, they're going to go to Brown. If they take out both of them, they got Goddard. So, so far, uh, that's been a big problem, uh, and yesterday was the biggest problem. But is that a fair question? Why aren't they scoring in the second half? What's going on in these second halves? I feel like that's going to be the topic of Sports Talk Radio all week. Why aren't the Eagles scoring in the second half? To me, I just think they put teams away so quick. I thought they were going to score in the second half on the bomb to, from Hurts to Brown. They just kind of misconnected there, which, which happens. But overall, I just think they're up so much. And I knew Washington wasn't going to going to score 24 points. I mean, they kept their full, full on the gas defensively. It just felt like, you know, it, it was it. That that was final. Washington was just not getting 24 points off that. I feel the same way with Washington. I mean, you'd sack them nine times. They're having all sorts of problems. But, you know, the Lions game, you're up 17, and you kind of put it in cruise control. You won that game, but, it, you know, a team a little bit better than the Lions. Now, the problem is, this is where this is going to get interesting throughout the course of this year. You and I, I think, looked at the schedule. They just don't – I mean, Green Bay down the road, they just don't have a team on the schedule that there's going to be a litmus test to find out what they are really. I mean, they play Arizona. Jacksonville, this Jacksonville team, I, I like this Jacksonville team coming into the season. Um, I didn't think they were ready to be like a playoff team, but in that division, they could probably win that division. But – are we going to find out? Uh, uh, put it this way: This Jacksonville team is probably one of the one of the better teams they're going to play for a while. I mean, they got Arizona on the road the following week. Uh, Pittsburgh can't; their offense is terrible. Um, they just Indianapolis beat Kansas City yesterday. They do play them on the road coming up. They're just not a team, though that they're going to get that challenge until they play Green Bay, and we're not going to find out a lot. I think every week we're going to be either overly excited or asking a lot of questions. Yeah. To me, Mike, the Jacksonville defense is going to be the best defense they face this year. I mean, that defense gets to the quarterback. They The offensive line is going to be in for a test. And I'll tell you what, the Eagles better run block better than what they did yesterday. Because Oh, well, that was a takeaway from me, Jeff. 
was in a game where they had total control and could run the ball. But, you know, a buddy of mine texted me, and he was complaining that they didn't run the ball. I said, they ran the ball 15 times in their last 25 plays. The problem was they just didn't run it very well. You know, that's something that this team should be able to do is run a game out. When they're up 24 to 2, they should be able to just run the ball and run that clock and shorten that game so much that you can't get back in it. That's probably like the mindset is, but they just couldn't run the ball yesterday. I thought that was a big problem. And you're up against a pretty leaky Washington defense. I think you tweeted out early last week, they give up like seven and a half yards of carry. They're banged up up front. And I don't think the Eagles took advantage of that at all yesterday. Yeah. What upset me was on the safety. Why is Dallas Goddard the guy blocking Deron Payne? Why is Sua Opeta? It, I get. I know Sua Opeta's a backup, but why is a? Why do I feel like he gets dominated every time he plays? And I gotta rewatch this game again. But it seemed like once Dickerson kind of left the game a little bit, and Opeta came in, their offensive line just wasn't the same. And I, I know Opeta's an NFL player, but. I just get tired of hearing sometimes how great the offensive line is because they are great, but they got bullied by Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne in the run game yesterday. And I'm starting to think to myself, hold on a second. Are these, I don't want to say they're too small, but that's something they, they have to clean up. And look, I'm, I'm really being nitpicky for a team that's second in the NFL and rushing and basically can just run over anybody at this point. Uh, probably yes. Um, but you're right. No, I, I agree. I, I thought that the run blocking yesterday was an issue, um, big time. I mean, you gotta be able to run the ball against that team. Uh, you know, if you're up 24 to two and you don't want to get your quarterback killed at some point down the line, take Washington out of the mix. You, and look, we saw this last year in a big game of the playoffs where they just showed that they weren't ready. They bullied teams all year long or the second half of the year, really from Detroit on, they bullied teams up front to run themselves into the playoffs. They're not doing that right now. And you're going to be, have to be able to do that. Forget the, all right, now the mindset is changing. All right. <laughs> We're seeing what's going on in this league and where this team is. Now the mindset is, I want you to get to the Super Bowl, right? The way is that, is that go, right. Is, I'm not saying I'm demanding that you win the Super Bowl or that you are the odds on favorite, but at this point, up. I think this team can be a super get, get to a Super Bowl, and once you get in that game, who knows? And to get to a Super Bowl, they're going to have to be able to run the ball against a good team. Last year, they played Tampa. They could not run the ball against a good team, right? They could not do it. They ran the ball against the Giants. They ran the ball against Detroit. They ran the ball against Washington. They ran the ball against those type of teams to get to the playoffs. But there's a difference of getting to the playoffs and then the expectations changing. This team, the expectations have changed. And to get further, you're going to have to be able to run the ball. And yesterday, they couldn't do it. So yesterday, one of my big week three takeaways was, and this is more than just the Eagles here. I thought the Miami Dolphins, we were going to see how good they were yesterday. They beat the Buffalo Bills. And my takeaway out of that game, well, the Bills can't beat anybody when the game's close. They're 0-7 in one-score games since the start of last year. So, to me, it's either the Bills blow everybody out or they lose a close game. And the Dolphins proved, hey, look, you know what? They might be legit here at 3-0. When are we ever going to see that game where we're like, hey, uh, we know the Eagles are legit, but when is 
everybody in the league going to say, hey, you know what? The Eagles are legit. They beat a really good football team, and I just don't see a really good football team for them to beat right now. You know, the league is filled with a bunch. This, this is like, you know, I remember last year the whole, well, the Eagles didn't beat anybody. And I'm like, well, quite frankly, there's nobody for anybody to beat. The, the league is filled with teams that are flawed and have problems. It is a team uh, where mediocrity stands supreme, right? Um, Kansas City, we think that team's good. And then they lose to an Indianapolis team that we had a lot of questions about. Uh, the Chargers, oh, they're the new up-and-coming team. They got their butts whipped yesterday at home against a Jacksonville team uh, that was a disaster last year. Um, what teams – I do my find five, ugly five every Wednesday. I can't find five teams that I think are really that all that good. I mean, yeah, Buffalo's good. Is Miami good? I guess after yesterday well, – I, I think they are. <laughs> I think they're their defense – now, I mean – Buffalo had all sorts of injury problems yesterday. I mean, they're running out. Uh, guys, I think their entire starting secondary, I think I saw Adam Schefter tweet, had a total of six games played in their career, the whole secondary combined, going up against a team that has Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell. I mean, that's a tough chore, and they held that team in check yesterday. They had injury problems all Buffalo over the place, Buffalo. Too. Buffalo beat themselves, too. They had a lot of crucial mistakes in that game you know with, with the whole field goal snafu they, they had two of them it, it, it that was a weird game for sure mike but it, i mean overall who would have thought after three weeks while well, going into the monday night game the eagles and the giants would be the two undefeated teams out of the nfc yeah i think it's uh it was probably a long shot to include especially the giants um but look this team this league is wide open i mean i don't know you probably watched – I watched the entire Green Bay-Tampa game yesterday. Didn't leave impressed with um, – you know, you, you've you got Aaron Rodgers in that offense. They just – they just don't have a lot of weapons, right? So are you all, all that scared about them? Uh, Tampa's defense is very good, but they're banged up right now, so they're tough to kind of get a read on. I don't know. The league is just so wide open that – um, it, it, it's going to be hard to go back to the original question. It's going to be hard to find out who you are because you're really not going to get a team that is outstanding. There is no outstanding team. So everyone is going to be left wondering until the moment happens, right? You're not going to be like, now nah, I'm impressed. Unless you're just overly impressed by the lamb basting. Yeah. Right? So, to me... And you're right. This is how weird the league is. So I decided to watch Jacksonville LA yesterday because I wanted to see Doug. Fair. I thought about flipping. Yeah. And so, I mean, they're just taking them to the woodshed. Doug, Doug Pearson's putting a clinic on Brandon Staley. And Mike Caldwell's putting a clinic on Joe Lombardi. And I'm just, man, how did this Jacksonville team lose to the commanders? Because they. That's, that's a good question. That's a good question because, look, uh, you know, and. I don't want to give you an expository about what I thought about both those teams going in, but I actually, at the beginning of this year, thought Washington could be a sleeper. And, and Washington's problem, they have some injuries. The center position yesterday was a disaster for them. Their injuries on the defense, I think they're – but they're, they're – Wentz is – he's just average, man. It's a shame. He's a shot fighter. Uh, he holds the ball too long, but – I mean, you can see there's still that flair in him from time to time, but it's just he, he he's holding that team back. That, that's that's the problem with them. Jacksonville, on the other hand, 
They've got a quarterback who certainly can make plays. They don't have jump off the page talent, but uh, in terms of names, but the kid Kirk they went out and got, he's been a producer. James Robinson, people didn't know about him in the draft a couple of years ago. Yesterday, him and Travis Etienne, they've got two nice players at that running back position. So um, I thought Jacksonville and Washington both could have been scary in those divisions. I feel like Wentz is holding that team back, but Jacksonville, on the other hand, I think can can do something. The key thing about Jacksonville is, and Doug Peterson did this his first year in Philly, kept Jeff Stoutland, kept that offensive line intact, and Wentz barely was touched. Trevor Lawrence hasn't been sacked in two games. The last time that's happened in Jacksonville, where a quarterback hasn't been sacked in consecutive games, was 2002, Mike. So, look, just, you you connect the dots here. They're keeping their quarterback upright, and don't build that team in the trenches, and you're seeing the result. Yeah, they built up their offensive line. I know they um, they they brought some guys back. They 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 um, I, I, to me, I, I tweeted this out. Maybe I did. I don't remember. I might have started and then fell asleep. Um, they have a quarterback and they have a culture change. And the culture change and the quarterback are key. You're seeing it around the league. These teams, maybe they're not winning, but they're not laughing stocks anymore. Detroit yesterday probably should have won. They went on the road uh, and probably should have won that game against the Vikings. Um, they don't have the quarterback. They have the culture change, Detroit. They just don't have the quarterback um, the Giants, we're going to see them tonight. Their culture's changing. They probably don't have the quarterback either yet. But Jacksonville does. Jacksonville has the quarterback, and they have the culture change. So their culture change might lead to more wins. The culture change for teams like Detroit and the Giants are leading them to be believing, taking a step in the right direction. you got to have the quarterback, though, to make those key plays late in the games. Jacksonville has that guy. I mentioned the tone. I thought Detroit blew that game yesterday because Dan Campbell, four for six, on fourth down, I'm like, okay, he's going to go for fourth, no problem. No, he kicks a 54-yard field goal with kicker and missed a 48-yarder earlier. Of course he misses it, and Kirk Cousins leads Minnesota down the field, and they steal a win in Detroit. And I'm just thinking to myself, or, or Minnesota, I'm, I'm just thinking to myself, okay, why did Dan Campbell do that? And I like Dan Campbell, and you're right, the culture's there. But can this guy coach now? And I think Mike Greenberg tweeted out yesterday, sooner or later, we have to see the Lions win those games. I don't think it's year two for them. I think year three is it. But the Detroit Lions should easily be two and one. And I start thinking more and more and more that the Eagles, they dodged a bullet week one. They were able to get that win against a, a team that fights a, a pretty good team. And what John McMullen always says in week one, you don't know you're bad yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I think you and I both agreed on that the Eagles beat a team that was an up-and-comer. Are they going to win 10 games? Probably not, Detroit. But I think this NFC, and I think both sides are so wide open that there's going to be a team or two that get in that surprise you. Um, I don't know. I think Dallas tonight against the Giants is interesting. Can Dallas sneak out another win without Dak Prescott? I, you know, Yesterday during the Eagles game, they mentioned that he got the uh, stitches out of his thumb. So it seems that Dak's going to be back. Sooner than later, I mean, maybe not as soon as they thought, but maybe not as late as first reported. So somewhere in the middle, can they steal another win and get to two and one without, uh, you know, without Dak in the lineup? Um, that team, because I think initially, as soon as that happened and the reports came out, everybody wrote them off as they're not making the playoffs. That team stinks now. They got no shot. Well, they won a tough game last week. 
um, against the Bengals. They got another shot tonight to win a game. It's a winnable game, right? I know uh, the Giants are playing well, but it's a division game on the road. You can win an ugly game. I, in fact, I think Parsons just wrecks this game tonight. I, I just absolutely think he's a, a a disaster matchup for this Giants team. Um, so I kind of like Dallas tonight. And if they can get Dak back in the week, so like you're, you got to start thinking about them as a, in the playoff mix, right? At least if you wrote them off when Dak got hurt, they have to be in the playoff mix. Philadelphia is certainly in the playoff mix. If the Giants win tonight, you got to at least, I know it's so early to say, oh, but if you're three and oh, nobody plays anybody. The whole schedule's weak. So teams are going to be getting in with like nine wins. Um, a team like Detroit, a team like uh, Minnesota, um, Chicago's two and one. I don't think they're, they're really playoff worthy. But the point is, it's just so wide open that any of these teams you beat, they're all teams that are thinking they can make the playoffs, right? Everybody, what what team is so bad in the NFC right now? The Seahawks. The Seahawks, baby, Atlanta. I yeah. think Atlanta's better than them, though. I, well, no, they, they, just, beat them. they just beat them yesterday, yeah. Uh, it's, it's Seattle just has no quarterback. I mean, listen, I went to West Virginia. Geno was great at West Virginia. He just can't play at this level. He, I mean, he's okay, but he can't win playoff games or, you know, and their defense is limited. Um, yeah, that team, you're probably right. Seattle's probably one team in Atlanta are probably the two teams that are definitively like, nah, we're probably not on that level yet. Well, since we're talking the NFC here, and this is why I think the Super Bowl hype is going to go through the roof with the Eagles, I'm just watching Rams Cardinals yesterday. Where are the Rams ever going to put this thing together? They're still having issues scoring. Like they jump out to an early lead against Arizona. Matthew Stafford doesn't throw a touchdown pass yesterday for the first time. I mean, really, they got their scoring off Cooper Cup on a touchdown run by him, but they could not put Arizona away. And Arizona is just bad and bad and bad. And they they ran seventy two plays the last, I want to say five possessions, and they only got twelve points. They didn't even score a touchdown. Yeah, you got the Super Bowl hangover kind of thing hanging over them right now. Now, listen, they, you know, they're incorporating no Odell Beckham. Uh, he was a big part of their offense late in the year last year. They substituted him with Allen Robinson. He hasn't really done anything, right? To speak of Cam Akers, they had that whole issue where he was back and they haven't really got him going back again. Yes, I think he scored, uh, but they're, um, th- yeah, they're definitely stumbling a little bit. But you're right. Arizona, remember, they don't have Hopkins. So that's a huge part of their offense that is gone. They're not a great defensive team. So they're stumbling right now out of the gates. But, yeah, again, I I think it all leads back to there's just not a marquee team on the NFC ledger. That's for sure. The NFC, you leave yesterday saying, is completely wide open. And the thing that, you know, uh, Philadelphia is, so far, other than the, the the fact that they let the Lions back in that game, they really haven't had that game or a flaw where you're like, oh, well, you know, this happened or that happened. They've just been dominating teams, and that's the that's the good and, and scary part about the whole thing. But that's part of the NFL ride, man. It's the roller coaster. You go up, man, this team looks really good. And, you know, they might have a week like Green Bay wins, but they didn't look all that. Uh, look at Denver last night. You Denver know, Denver. Yesterday. <laughs> that game was the worst game I ever saw. But guess what? 
Denver runs out of there with a win, and who knows what that does to them. San Francisco has to win that game last night. There's just that that was awful to, for 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 Shanahan to get outfoxed by that clown on the other side. I mean, that guy is horrible. Hackett is horrible. Must have been his game day coach that he hired this week. It, it, it might have made the, but uh, you know what? Russ to me saying that's playoff football. I'm like, oh my God, Russ, or whatever he said. I'm like, come on, man. Like, dude, you look terrible too. The, your best play was that play I still think should be illegal where he kind of laterals the ball. He did it against the Eagles five, six years ago and on yeah. Sunday Night Football. Yeah, he like chest passed it. Yeah, yeah. To me, to me, that play's illegal. He's passed Elias scrimmage. And well, Listen, yeah, I thought Wilson – here's the problem. They didn't let Wilson – I know it's let Russ cook, and he does, He looks – he don't look the same. But that game plan, they ran the ball so much, they didn't let him do anything. Uh, but if not for Wilson, they don't win that game. He single-handedly was like almost like, I'm going to win despite the fact that you were an idiot. Right? Yeah, like, I, I, I mean, I'm, me and my buddy are texting back and forth. My buddy's going nuts about how bad Hackett is. And I said, dude – we don't agree on much, but this guy's horrible, horrible. And I said, how, how did he just win a game against Shanahan, who many people believe might be the best coach and hack it? I couldn't believe what I was watching last night. But San Francisco has to win that game last night. If if they want to be a team that people take seriously, that's a game that you have to win. With Denver's playing that poorly, I know it's on the road. I know it's prime time, but you had that game in control all night long. There are three teams that I did not like going into the season. Two of them are in the AFC West. And the reason I don't like them is I don't like their coaches. I wasn't a fan of Hackett's hire. I didn't think he deserved a head coaching job. I can't stand the fact Josh McDaniels got another chance at this. Oh, and by the way, he's 0-3. Hasn't won a game since 2010. The Raiders look terrible. Oh, and Dennis Allen, we knew he was a terrible coach. And yet... He's coaching an NFL team again, and they stink. So it's it's funny. Like, why do you keep hiring these retreads? Give a young coach a chance. And no, not Nathaniel Hackett. There were so many better options for the Denver Broncos than Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, well, I guess there's your answer. Someone would say, well, they did give a guy a coach who was an offensive coordinator for the uh, – uh, the NFC, what would they go to the NFC championship game oh, last year? McVay tree. That's what's amazing about it. But I didn't like the fact he was there because boy, Aaron Rodgers was his quarterback. He was a mediator. He wasn't a coach. Yeah. We've seen the, the guy who's the coordinator on the offense that has the legendary quarterback get the chance and then fail miserably. Right. We've seen that a few times where that happens. Um, Look, the guy Hackett to me is in over his head. There's no question about it. That team looks unprepared. The game plan, terrible. Um, that Denver team, many people thought last year had Super Bowl talent and just needed to add a quarterback. They've added the quarterback, and their defense is pretty good. I mean, they've got a pretty good de- – you know, Randy Gregory looks like a new man on that team. I know he had a good year last year in Dallas, but they're using him in, in pretty cool ways in Denver, moving them all over the place. Uh, they've got a pretty good defense, Denver does. They've got some weapons. they got the two running backs. Uh, their offensive the, – the, they're just not prepared. That That's their problem right now. This is like – they have a very um, Dallas with Jason Garrett feel to them where they have the most talent, but they have the worst coach. 
that's how it, that's how I feel about the Raiders, right? I, I know the Raiders don't have a great offensive line, but that team should not be 0-3 with Derek Carr, Devonta Adams. I know Hunter Renfro didn't play yesterday. Josh Jacobs, whatever the heck's going on with him. But I thought they were going to beat that Titans team yesterday. And no, they, man, that was my bet of the week. That was my bet of the week. I love Tennessee yesterday. Oh, man. Because why? Josh McDaniels, not qualified to be an NFL head coach. Can't go on the road. You can't have Tennessee a home dog against a dog of a coach. Mike Vrabel's a better coach than Josh McDaniel is. And when I saw Tennessee home dog to to the Raiders, give me Tennessee all day long. And, um, yeah, McDaniels is not a good head coach. A lot of these guys just aren't. There's such a difference in being the head coach than it is being the coordinator. Such a difference. And McDaniels is just not qualified to be a head coach. He's just not. And you see it all the time where these guys are very good at what they do. No one's questioning, at least I'm not, that McDaniels is a smart guy, knows what he's doing, has a very good offensive concept. But just putting your offense in, you have to oversee everything. And it's all about what happens. What did Matt Rule say yesterday afterwards? I know Matt Rule's getting criticized, and some people think that he's not a good coach and maybe should be fired. Yeah, but he says but, right, his point after the game was, forget what we did today. It's what you did all week long, and that's why you won this game. Those are the head coaches, are the guys who know what to do all week leading up to Sunday because everybody knows what you're doing on Sunday. Everybody's smart. Everyone has good game plans. Everybody can do that stuff. But if you don't prepare well leading into these games, these teams are all so even, and you see it every Sunday, where lack of preparation all week long – Bites the team that has better talent. The Raiders have better talent than Tennessee. They were not prepared, and Tennessee beat them. Should never have happened. Yeah. So my lock of the week was Falcons Seahawks. I got that one. Um, wow. I, I thought Arthur Smith. I, I think the Falcons have played hard through three weeks. I think that Arthur Smith has gotten the most out of that team, and they prepare well, and they got a chip on their shoulder. I, I think they look at it as, look, we know we're not good. We for damn sure ain't going to just roll over and play dead. And they should have beat New Orleans. They did beat the Seahawks. And they gave the Rams all they could handle for four quarters. So, I'm not saying the Falcons are good. But I will say this. The NFC South sucks. It is a legit bad division. Uh, this is why Tom Brady loves to go to divisions where he knows he can run the table and not get challenged. Except by the Saints. There were times yesterday where Brady seemed disinterested in that game. Uh, you know, when when he has to roll Cole Beasley in in the middle of the week and then basically make him one of his top targets, uh, they're in a tough spot right now trying to um, get through some of these injuries. I mean, and then you had Mike Evans get suspended uh, for that game. So uh, I, I, that was um, – you know, one of those games where it was hard to take something from because of the how early in the year it was. Like, I don't think you're going to look back and be like, wow, Green Bay beat Tampa on the road. You know, therefore, I think Tampa is just in a in a weird spot right now. Uh, but Brady is interesting. I mean, he's not – I mean, everything, dink and dunk, everything. Now, no receivers. I mean, who, who's who's getting open on that team yesterday down the field to take a shot down the field? Sean Perryman, that's it. Mike, I got to let you go. Um, I'm going to be on. We're going to talk about this even more tonight on the Sports Bash, 97.3 ESPN. You going to be at Ocean today? I will be at Ocean every Monday. And, uh, yeah, come on out. We're always there at the Sports Book, the Gallery Bar Book and Games is where we are. And uh, we'll be breaking down this game big time.
All right, Mike, I'll see you tonight at 5.30. Can't wait to have you on next Monday. And we'll see. There's going to be a big Eagles-Jacksonville game coming up. Appreciate you coming on once again, Mike. All right, man. All right, and I got to give my tribute to Dre McDonald. We're going to put a bow on the show right after this. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. this up i'm gonna bring it up later in the week where do we rank jalen hurts and we're going after three weeks three weeks in the nfl season where are we ranking him amongst his peers amongst nfl quarterbacks i mean patrick mahomes is up there lamar jackson justin herbert i don't want to hear any justin herbert slander that you know how much pain it is to to play with that injury the fact that he was able to go out there, he probably shouldn't have done it. I don't want to hear it. Justin Herbert's still 
an elite quarterback. Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Where do you put Jalen Hurts in that conversation after three weeks? Lamar, where do you put him in that conversation right now? I mean, if we're going off just 2022 alone, he's top five. If we're going off just 2022 alone. Uh, overall composite body of work, top 12. Is that fair? You know, he's 12 and 10 as a starter now. gets better every year. He's the only player in NFL history to have, what, to average 300 passing yards a game and 50 rushing yards per game for, through three starts. The only quarterback that's probably having a better start than him is Lamar. I mean, Lamar's the only quarterback ever to run for 100 yards, have 10 passing touchdowns through three starts. He's leading the league in pass rate. Jalen Hurts, I think he's, I want to say he's fifth. I think he's fifth now in passer rating. He leads, Jalen Hurts leads the league in yards per attempt. I mean, they're loaded. They're absolutely loaded on the offensive side of the ball. Bottom line. Now, I know I was nitpicky with the offensive line. Maybe I just thought the Eagles were going to run for 200 yards against a team that allowed seven and a half yards per carry. But give Washington credit. They put a spy on Jalen Hurts. They made sure he beat him with his legs. And he beat him with his arm. And he beat him pretty well with his arm. And it's going to be hard to stop Jalen Hurts for a lot of weeks this season. And I think Jacksonville's defense can do it. I think Jacksonville's defense is really good. But this is another good test for a young quarterback. Uh, but the way Jalen Hurts is playing, it may just be his year, guys. It may just be his year. He's having one heck of a start to the season so far. He's got A.J. Brown. He's got Devonta Smith. He's got Dallas Goddard. He's got pass-catching weapons all over the field. He's got an offensive line that is really good. I mean, the Eagles just can put up points of will. I don't want to hear about the second-half stuff. They're up so much it doesn't even matter at this point. And the only time you can be picky is week one against the Lions, and that was week one. But overall, I don't think it's a stretch right now to say in 2022, in 2022, Jalen Hurts is playing like a top-five quarterback in this league because the numbers are showing it and the wins are showing it. Is it a stretch? Yeah, probably it is. But if we're just going off 2022 and what what have we have seen in 2022, you could put Jalen Hurts in that conversation with Lamar Jackson, with Patrick Mahomes, with Justin Herbert, with Josh Allen, with Aaron Rodgers, with Tom Brady. He's definitely top 10 for sure. Okay, guys, going to wrap this up. Tone's telling me that's my cue. We're going to have uh, Rob Ellis on tomorrow on Good Morning MC East. We'll break down the Giants-Cowboys game and – We'll start to shift over to week four uh, with the Eagles and Jaguars, uh, Commanders, uh, Cowboys, and uh, Giants Bears. So, once again, my name is Jeff Kerr, NFL writer for CBS Sports. Glad you guys are tuning in on the show. Loving all the positive feedback so far. You guys have a good day. Birds 365 with Jerry McDonald and John McMullen coming up next.